Hey, this is Evan Black, pastor of Faith for Life Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you don't yet know Jesus, I'm so glad that you're listening, and I pray that this message empowers you to give your life to Christ. If you're just starting out on your journey with Jesus, I hope this empowers you to connect with Him. If you're strong in your connection to Christ, I believe this message will empower you to follow Him. So enjoy today's message. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Jeremiah chapter 9. I'm going to continue a shortened version of uh, what we started a couple weeks ago called Get Your Mind Right. Get Your Mind Right. And we've been um, talking about getting our mind right. Last week, we, we had the ladders up here, and we, we talked about uh, getting our mind right concerning God's Word and making sure that mentally we don't climb the ladder that's not up against God's house, but that we climb the larger ladder of God's word in, in that when we get to the top of that, we, re, we know that we have everything that we need at the top of that ladder. <clears throat> Today, um, when we're talking about getting our mind right, I, I'm going to talk to you a little bit different direction, specifically around, let's get our mind right concerning God. The first time that I took any of my kids, it was my oldest kid, it was before the other two were born. Um, my mom wanted to take him to a movie. She wanted to be the first one to take him to a movie. And so my mom uh, says, hey, let's go to the movies. And so me and my mom and um, my oldest child, who was really young at the time, we, we go to the movies. And we went and saw, my mom picked this movie. We went and saw this movie. I, I'm pretty sure it was called Babies. Yeah, never heard of it, right? Like, what? No, I'm like 95% sure it was called Babies. And the movie wasn't actually a movie. It was like this documentary of babies all over the world. Like, it was, it was, um, it was very interesting. And, and my little boy, like, this was not a kid movie. Like, there was, like, little naked babies, like, in other parts of the country like rolling around in the dirt and like it was just it was really weird and so but my mom wanted I think there was something about wanting to make sure that the first movie that he went to was with her and then it was called babies and she thought it might be a good movie for a baby clearly we never saw the previews and um, I don't think we've been to the movies with my mom since then But my kids, we we go to the movies every once in a while, and so they like going to the movies, and what they really like is the popcorn in the movies. And then we went to a movie one time, and they gave us a pair of these. Now, these may look like sunglasses, but these, y'all know what these are when you go to the movies? They they used to be white and, like, have the, the, like, paper, and they had, like, the red and blue colors on them, but these are the 3D glasses. And I don't remember which movie it was, but the first movie we went to, and they gave us these, we get into the movie theater, and my, my oldest son is trying to figure out, like, what, what is this? What do I do with, like, I don't need glasses. I can see perfectly fine. Why would I put these on? My middle child, I think he had lost his. By the time they handed him to him when we got in the door to the time he sat down, like, it came in a little plastic bag, he, he was like, Dad, I don't know. Did they give me some? I don't know. And, and um, my little girl, she just was mesmerized by the popcorn. She didn't care anything about these. And we got all these. And, and then the movie starts, and so we tell them to put them on, and they, they put these on, these 3D glasses on. And when the movie starts, as soon as the movie starts, I don't remember which movie it was, but it was one movie where, like, the animals, like, come out of the screen at you when you have these on. And they come out, and they come out, <laughs> and all three of my kids go, Whoa! You know, like, because with these glasses on, it's not just a screen and you see the picture, but it, it's like, it's 3D, 
right? Hence the 3D glasses. And so it looks like stuff's coming at you. If you've never seen a movie in 3D, it's actually really cool. Um, I can't watch a whole movie in 3D. These give me a headache for some reason when I keep wearing them. So I'm going to take them off just because I don't want to get a headache now. I don't know what that is. But, but, but there's something different when you watch a movie with 3D glasses on than just watching a movie without 3D glasses on. Like, like there's a different experience. You, you, you may see the same things, hear the same things, but you see them in a different way. You see them uh, more real. You might see things that you couldn't have seen on a flat screen, even in high def or whatever the new 4K or 5K or whatever, 18K, whatever it is right now. Like, like whatever it is, when you do in 3D, it becomes more real it becomes multidimensional, and you see it in a different way. I, I want to show you um, what God says about this concerning himself. In Jeremiah chapter 9, you have here the people of Judah. Uh, they had fallen into a whole bunch of sin, which we do. We have a tendency to do, not just them, but us. And, and the prophet Jeremiah had come to them and warned them about this sin and told them like, hey, judgment is coming. Like, I'm not just telling you that you're doing wrong. I'm telling you God is coming to judge. Like, you better get this right or you're going to face the consequences. And in verse 23 of Jeremiah chapter 9, it says, thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Now, let me pause right there because we boast in something that we're proud of. Right, like you boast, you brag, you talk about things that you think are worthy, that you think are valuable, things that you are proud of, things that hold value to you. And the things that we boast about or brag about or we find value in or we, we find ourselves talking a lot about are usually things that if we honestly take a look at them, those are things where we put our trust. A lot of times the things we brag about are things we put our trust in. Have you ever met somebody who has a little bit of money, but they're not like super rich? Because people who have like a little bit of money, but they're not super rich, they often tend to brag. And, and part, part of what they're saying is they're putting their trust in that. Because, you know, like people who are actually not just rich, but wealthy, you know, they don't ever really talk about it. Y'all seen all the pictures, right, with like Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates and somebody else and, there's, and it's like a picture of them in like t-shirts and jeans and there's like there's not one Gucci belt on, in this picture. Y- y'all seen that, right? Like they don't drive around in all these amazing cars and all that stuff. Like, like people who actually have wealth, they very rarely brag about it. It's those people who, who have a little bit, sometimes not even at all. Um, y- y- y'all, seen, y'all seen the Mercedes pulling into the trailer parks and the apartment complex, but it, okay. Um, but often what we brag about is the thing that we're actually putting our trust in. And here God is saying, don't let the wise man brag or boast in his wisdom. The wise man shouldn't boast in his wisdom. Now, the wise people of Judah, they, they clearly boasted and trusted in their wisdom. And what God is telling them and us is that you don't, it, you don't lift up your wisdom, your intellect, your abilities higher than they should go. Okay? Are y'all awake? Are y'all understanding? Because this is important because we have a tendency to do this. The wise man believes that his wisdom is valuable, and if we don't watch it, then we we allow that wisdom to take a higher place in our minds than it actually should, and often what happens when you get more wise is you get more arrogant. 
Arrogance usually accompanies wisdom. Uh, 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 come on, y- y'all, y'all, y'all met those people who are like super smart, like have like 12 degrees. There's an arrogance about them. Sometimes they don't even say anything. Now, maybe part of that's on us, right? Like maybe they're actually not that arrogant. We just feel like they're that arrogant because they make us feel like we're not that wise. But those who actually are arrogant with that, we see that like arrogance can many times accompany wisdom. We see this with spiritual wisdom. Y'all know those people who've like memorized Genesis to Revelation? And they can be some of the most arrogant people, not in this room, but other Christians. Like, man, really? Okay, congratulations, buddy. You, you got Genesis to Revelation memorized. Good for you. I just, man, maybe it's just the people from Oral Roberts University that I used to know. But the wise man not only puts his trust in wisdom, but often arrogance accompanies this wisdom. And the wise man many times believes that he can figure out how to, be, how to be wealthy, how to be happy, how to be fulfilled in his life. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 19, the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. See, we have to watch out that we don't put wisdom to a place where we're bragging about it, where we see value in it to the place that it shouldn't be in accordance with God because the wisdom of this world, no matter how wise you become in this world, it's foolishness with God. Your wisdom here, you do not have the capacity to compete with God's wisdom who knows everything and created everything. And so there's a point where, listen, your wisdom could be a detriment to you more than a benefit to you. You know, many times the people who have the hardest time actually giving their lives to Jesus are the people who are really, really wise. Because intellectually, they're they're trying to process things. They're thinking things through too much to the point where it's hard for them to realize that without faith, it's impossible to please God, even though Satan's blinded their eyes and there's many other areas that they have faith, they just don't realize it. Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to be wise. Read the book of Proverbs. Throughout the book of Proverbs, God tells us to be wise. He tells us how to be wise. Proverbs chapter two, verse six says this, the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So God wants us to be wise, but he wants us to be wise through him because the wisdom comes from him. And he does not want us to exalt wisdom to a place in our mind where we put our trust in our wisdom. And so here God tells these people and he tells us, don't boast in your wisdom. Then he says, let not the mighty man boast in his might. Now, I learned this early on that strong people don't always win the battles. (laughs) If you don't know my story, I played basketball. I actually played basketball in college and I played against guys a lot bigger, faster, and stronger. But they ain't always win. And I learned real quick. I don't care how strong you are. You better block my shot or it's going in. And now that I've gotten older, I don't care how strong you are. You got knees, don't you? Because I can get to those knees a lot faster than your big old, okay. (laughs) The strongest doesn't always win the battles. The strongest isn't always the one who comes across or or who, who comes out victorious. 
when we think that we'll always win because of our strength, our ability, then what we're doing, whether this is physically or emotionally or even spiritually, what we're doing is we're placing too much value and trust in our own strength. And yes, God wants us to be strong, but he doesn't want us to put this strength to the place where that's where we begin to trust. Often those who boast about their their spiritual strength anyway are the people who they know a lot about God, but they don't know God very well. Y'all know what I'm talking about. The people who are like that spiritually wise, they have Genesis to Revelation memorized, and then they are always find a way to tell you how strong they are spiritually, that they woke up at 2 a.m. even though, you know, the alarms were set forward or backward or whatever they were, and like they, they always wake up a great while before the sun comes up, and they prayed 18 hours Saturday because what else do you do on a Saturday except watch Georgia beat Florida? Yes. I knew y'all were praying for me. Y'all left me out there with the Falcons this year, but I see you got my back with the Bulldogs. Okay, okay. But they're like, you know, they, they prayed 18 hours yesterday and they speak in, in King James and like they, 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 they want you to know that they are very spiritually strong. And I'm just, I'll just say for me anyway, because y'all are completely leaving me out here this morning, is those people I've found, they, they know a lot about God, but they don't often know God very well. So they they can tell you all the scriptures, but I hope you don't need a dollar. (laughs) They can tell you all the scriptures, but boy, I hope you don't ever cross them because they'll never forgive you. They know all the scriptures, but God forbid they sit in the front of the church. Okay, wait, that was personal. That was personal. (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That was a great example. If you're, if you're our people, forgive me. I love you. I love you. I just really want you to sit in the front. But they, they know a lot about God, but they don't often know God very well. See, if you only know God as a judge and you don't know him as a friend, then you won't recognize him as a friend. So it doesn't mean that he's not a friend, but it means that you only know him as a judge. So you're always looking at him as a judge. You never see him as a friend. Let me say it a different way. If you only know God as a savior, but you don't know God as provider, then you'll never recognize when God is actually providing. It doesn't mean that he's not provider. It just means that you don't recognize that he's actually provider. So God wants us to be spiritually wise and spiritually strong, but he doesn't want us to get to this place where we put our trust in that. And then he ends this verse by saying, let not the rich man boast in his riches. Now, we don't have enough time, especially now, but but, I mean, the Bible has so much to say about this, about putting our trust in riches, in finances, in money. Jesus said you can't serve God and money. Um, the New Testament, it tells us that, that money is the root of all kinds of evil, that, that, it, it, that it is a horrible, horrible master, and God is a horrible accessory. So, so like, we're clear on putting our trust in riches or in money, But God still makes it a point to remind us, don't put too much weight and worth in your money. Because, like, we know these things if you've been in church, if you've been saved any amount of time. Like, you know that. But let's be honest. If we don't watch it, if we're not intentional, we revert back to these three things being things that we trust in. Like, I trust in my wisdom. 
I trust in my intellect and my experience to know that if I keep doing what I know I should do, everything will be all right. I know how to pay my bills. I know how to go to work. I know how to drive a car. I know how to, how to cook a meal. Not me, but y'all. I know how to do these things. I know how to read my Bible. I know how to pray. I, I, I'm putting my trust in my ability to be, to be wise. And, and, and I wouldn't actually say this, but in my heart, that's what I trust in. Or for many of us, especially us guys, like we put our, our trust in our strength, right? Like, like no matter what happens, you're not gonna mess with me kind of thing, or, or my, my spiritual strength, like I'm strong spiritually, so nothing could ever come near me. Or maybe even in our riches, or our finances, or our possessions, and, and we get to this place where like, if I just know I have enough money, then I know tomorrow will be okay. If I only had another $10,000, then I wouldn't have any worries in the world. Why? Because you're putting your trust in riches. And God specifically here is telling us, don't put your trust, don't boast in wisdom, strength, or riches. And then in verse 24, I just hear him, hear him saying in this, and this is not the way it says it, I'm going to read the way it says it, but I hear him saying this way, like, get your mind right. Like you, you've allowed your mind to, to fall into this trap of trusting in your wisdom, in your strength, or in your riches. And here I just sit here, God saying, get your mind right. He says, but let him who boasts, boast in this. Because there are things that we should value to the point where we talk about them. Where maybe even we brag about them. That they are important enough to us and to God that we don't just keep them to ourselves, but we let other people know about it. And he says, but let him who boasts, boast in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Here he's saying, if you're going to boast, if you're going to brag, if you're going to lift something up, if you're going to value something, value the fact, first of all, that you understand me. Now, I've wrestled with this. I've wrestled with this a lot because I'm like, God, understand you? (laughs) Like, man. Listen, if you read your Bible slow enough and with enough intentionality, I can guarantee you it will mess with your theology. It'll mess with your theology. Like, like you're thinking of the way God is and the way that God should be. Like, like man, you, you watch God move long enough, it will mess with your theology. So here God's saying, if you're gonna value something, value the fact that you understand me. And I'm like, God, <laughs> understand you? Now, I don't believe God is saying, value the fact that you understand everything about me. Because he clearly says his ways are higher than our ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. But I do believe God is saying, understand how I move, how I operate, how I speak. Understand how I deal with you. Because if we can understand how God moves, how he speaks, how he deals with us, then man, we'll be able to get to the second thing that he tells us that we should value and that is to know him. See, to know him, you got to know how he moves, how he speaks, how he deals with you. And the more that you can learn that and understand that, the more that you'll be able to get to know God because you'll start to recognize God in places that you didn't recognize him before. See, if you just thought he was God and, and Savior, now you might start recognizing him as protector, You might start seeing how that car over here went straight when they should have turned, and if you would have been right there, they would have just T-boned you. 
You, you might start to see how, man, you don't know how you paid that last month because you haven't been working in six weeks, but somehow it got paid. And, and, as, and as opposed to like some coincidence, you start to recognize God is my provider. Maybe you start to recognize that things are happening around you, but they're not happening to you because God is in your life and blessings come from God and he has you and you are in him and he is in you. But if you don't see God in the right way, if you don't understand who he is and you don't get to know him, then you won't get to know all that he has for you and all that he's made you to be. You won't see him the way that he wants you to be seen. You'll be looking at the screen of your life like it's a movie in HD when God wants you to be looking through 3D glasses. He says, don't just understand me, but know me. Man, this is like, this is my prayer. This is my, this is my heart. This is my desire. Like if you're, if you're new here, I say it all the time. Like I don't have Genesis to Revelation memorized. I can't pronounce most of the Old Testament names. I can't pronounce some of the New Testament names. I can't pronounce some of the names in the message translation. I, I, I don't, I don't, that's not me. I'm not there. And if, and if you're new here and you're looking for a pastor who has that, I'm not it. But come talk to me afterwards because I know a lot of pastors who are. I'm not it. I, I just, like, I'll just, I want to know God. Like, I, I, I genuinely, like, I don't want to know about God. I, I don't want to just study all the things to study. But, like, I want to I wanna know God. I, I want to be in situations where you tell me something about God and I don't know the scripture for it, but I know God enough to know that was God. I want to be in other situations where somebody's telling me that God did something and, and I don't know any scriptures about it, but I know my God enough to know that that ain't God. My wife was leading a small group one time, and this may offend you, but it may not, but I don't know, but this is, this, this, it's Bible. So she was leading a small group, and it was a single small group, and, um, <laughs> and, and this was a long time ago, and she, she, man, it was amazing. She had a lot of people in her group, and lives were being changed. It was awesome. And um, one of the new people in the group, they came to the group, and, and this was a women's group. <clears throat> and at the end of the group, they did this thing where, like, share what God's doing in your life, testimony kind of thing. And this girl, she raised her hand real quick, and she said, and my wife called her, and she said, oh, I just want to praise God because my boyfriend finally moved in with me. And now we're, he moved in yesterday, and we're all in the same house, and, and they're not married. And, like, all the Christian folks went, <gasps> And if you're not a believer in here, you might be like, well, what's the big deal? Well, like, no judgment, but like, God didn't do that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, I don't even remember who that was or where she was in her life. Like, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm just saying like, that's not a praise report. <laughs> right? Like, like, that may be good for you. And like, we'll, 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 like, I'd have some things we want to talk to you about. Like, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Like, I'm not going, especially if you're grown, like, I'm not going to tell you what you got to do. But like, that's not, like, God didn't do that. Now, y'all say, folks, you get that. But, but you know, sometimes we, 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 we say stuff like, you know, the Lord just needed another angel. What? Where? What? No. No, listen, this is clear. God is the giver of life. Amen. Satan comes to steal, kill, 
and destroy. God didn't need another angel. Are we all going to die? Yeah, unless Jesus comes back first. But God ain't killing us off. That, that's a whole other message for a whole other time. We might say things like, oh, <laughs> that person that's been messing with me on my job and talking about me, God got them fired. Now, I don't know. This is one of those, I don't really have scripture for that. I just know God and like, God loves that guy. Okay, may, may, I, don't, I don't know that I can explain all of it, but we start attributing things to God that don't come from the Bible. And, and we do this because we haven't gotten to know him. We may know a lot about him. You may come here every Sunday not here, other church, you may go to another church every Sunday. You may go to their midweek and their small groups and you may know a lot about God. You may have a theology degree, but do you know God? Like, do you know him? Do you know his character? Do you know his love? Paul said this, Paul said that he prayed in Philippians 3, 10 and 11, I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings and become like him in, in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. He wasn't confused about the value of strength or wisdom or riches. Paul talked about that. But he absolutely, positively knew that that wisdom and that strength and those riches was not what he was to put his value and his trust in. That it was in the fact that he knew God. And he wanted to know God more, not just in all the riches and the blessings and the benefits, but he wanted to know him more in his death and in his resurrection and the sufferings that he went through. Because that was every bit a part of what Jesus did here on the earth as anything else. Let us boast in that we know God. You know, we're not told to boast in that we know all the commandments. Let's just take the 10, because you know there was way more than 10. I know all y'all knew that. There's way more than 10, but let's just take the 10. He doesn't say, hey, boast in the fact that you kept all the commandments. Or maybe you're like the rich young ruler, like you just were missing one. Boast in the fact that you got most of the 10 commandments right for the last six days or six years. Doesn't, doesn't tell us to boast in that. It doesn't tell us to boast in the fact that we have been saved for 20 years or 20 days doesn't even tell us to boast in the fact that we've told a million people about Jesus. We've done all these things that we think good Christians should do to get to know God and to boast in and be proud of, but we are told to boast in the fact that we know God. Jesus said this in John chapter 17. He said, and this is eternal life that they know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you've sent. The best thing that you can do on this earth, bar none, is get to know God. It is the best thing that you could ever do. It is the most important thing that you could ever do is to get to know God. So how do you get to know God? Whether we're talking about for the first time or getting to know him better, if you're talking about getting to know God for the first time, the first thing you gotta do is, is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus, you gotta accept the fact that he came, that he died on the cross to pay the price for your sins, a price that you were not able to pay and he rose again being the only true and living God. And he loves you enough that he is willing to come into your life and into your heart 
and forgive you of all of your sins and literally take you from the kingdom of darkness and put you in the kingdom of light based on your faith and your confession. Now after that, the way that you get to know God is you first of all start with reading his word. Reading his word. Those are the words from God. And if you don't read his word, you're not growing closer to him. Like You're not going to grow closer to God without reading his word and also praying. Now prayer can be intimidating because most of us, even if you're not saved or not churched, like most of us have tried to pray. And especially when you first start, like it can be brutal because you feel like you're talking to yourself. You feel like it's not working. You feel like it's tiring. You feel like all these different things. It's when you get sleepy. It's when you get hungry. It's all that. Like it's, it, it can be brutal. But when you actually step back and realize, no, 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 this is me talking to God. This is a conversation with God. And how are you really going to get to know somebody or get to know them better if you never talk to them? Listen, I, I, am, I am a horrible friend if you ever move out of this state. Like right now, if we're friends and you have my phone number, um, if you have my phone number, that probably means I consider us to be friends, <laughs> okay? <laughs> like that's where the bar is. I don't know if that's low or high or what, but for me, like that, that's, that's, that's pretty close. So um, if, if, if you have my phone number and we talk on the phone or text, like, if you ever move, I, I'm going to tell you, like, there was a, somebody in our church a couple years ago that um, we talked on the phone every once in a while, and, and when he was, he was about to move, we went and had breakfast, and I told him, I sat across from him at the table, and don't judge me. If I'm wrong, pray for me, but I, I just told him, I said, hey, listen, man, I'm excited for you and your family. Yeah, it's going to be amazing, but I'm a horrible friend if you move. Like, I'm a horrible friend. Like, I got so much going on here. That when you call and you live in a different state and you're going to a different church, like I just don't have time. I, I might sound arrogant. I may sound, I don't know. I don't know how it sounds. Again, if you don't like it, pray for me. It's just me. It's just like where I'm at. Maybe I'll get better. Maybe I won't. I don't know. But like I'm not going to answer the phone. I'm not. I told him like, man. And the guy, like he called me for like two years. Like he called me like, every, like three times a month. And I'm like, dude. I'd text him like, hey, man, don't have time. <laughs> and, and that sounds mean, but like, like man, listen, I, I can't do that. Like, I can't. Because if I'm on the phone, y'all know how it is. Like, once I missed the first call, which I legitimately missed the first call. I didn't miss the rest, but the, the first one I missed. <laughs> you missed the first call. Now he's been gone like three weeks. Y'all know what happens. If I answer the phone, we have four weeks a move, a new house, a new school, a new church, all of that to talk about. I don't have time for that. Dude, put it on Facebook. I'll like it. <laughs> like, like, again, I may be wrong. I'm not saying do this. I'm just, I'm just telling you how I am. Like, I don't have time. Because if I'm on the phone with him for an hour and a half, and Minister Femi actually needs something from me, and I can't answer because I'm on the phone with him. Or Augie needs something. From, or I need something from Augie, which usually is more of the case. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I have three little kids. I'm trying to figure out how to pastor such amazing people. Like, I don't have time. But, you know, my troop, my, like my real friends, like my high school friends, you know, we don't have to talk all the time. We could talk like once a year. And we talk, it's like everything's good. There's nothing, hey man, why didn't you answer? Like, no, I'm gonna answer because I know 
Well, most of them I'm going to answer. Because I know this can be a five-minute conversation. It can be an hour. I don't have to explain or try to find ways not to lie to you about why I didn't answer the phone. <laughs> but we're good. We're good. Whether we talk once a year or once a week, like we're good either way. And many of us as Christians, like we're treating God like this friend who moved out of state. So like we'll come and we'll talk to him every once in a while. But you're not going to get to know somebody talking every once in a while. See, like my friends who were good and we talk like once or twice a year, they don't know me as well as Minister Femi knows me as well as Augie knows me as well. Some of you all in this place know me, even though they've known me longer. They don't know me as well because we don't talk. But the ones who are here that I talk to, like we know each other better. So if you want to get to know God, how, how much are you talking to him? How much are you allowing him to talk to you? Are you just checking in with him? Because listen, none of my friends do this because of many reasons, but it just would not fly with me. But like, none of my friends just like check in. And I don't mean like check in like genuinely like how are you doing? But like, man, I don't really care, but just like I feel like I gotta call you because if I don't call you, then we might not be friends when I need you. Like none of my friends are like that, but if like there was somebody like that, it was just like, man, I, I kind of want to just stay in touch just in case I might need you. Like that, uh, uh, I got. You think I don't have time for a good friend who moved? I really ain't got time for that. Like I, I don't have any tolerance for that either. I mean, like I love you and I'll forgive you, but like, man, <laughs> listen, I don't want to talk anyway. Why are we playing this game? But I feel like a lot of Christians are doing that with God. Like God, I know I'm supposed to pray, so bless this food, I mean, this day, amen. Like, if that's where you start, cool. But God's not interested in you just checking in without your heart being in it, without it being authentic and genuine. As a matter of fact, God says, I would rather you be cold or hot rather than this lukewarm stuff. Like, like, I, I, I got a newsflash for you, and I'm, I'm out of time. I got a newsflash for you. You don't get into heaven by making it to church 472 times, or 777 times, or 7,000. Like, it's not the way this works. This is not about checking in and getting these spiritual points for coming to church or opening your Bible or saying some prayer. This is about, do you know God? Do you know him? Do you have a connection with him? Do you talk to him? Do you listen to him? Do you consult him? Do you look for him? Are you happy to be in his presence? Are you looking for ways to be in his presence? Like, do you know him? Not do you know about him. This is so important, and I gotta close here. Because... If we don't get our mind right about who God is and knowing him versus knowing about him, then it's going to affect everything in our lives. Like everything will be affected by this. If you think God is mad at you, that's going to affect everything. It's going to affect your self-esteem, your actions, your faith, your finances, your home life, your purpose. It'll affect everything if you think God is mad at you. If you think God's not paying attention to you. That will affect everything in your life. If you think God can't or won't heal you, like, man, that affects everything. 
If you think God can't or won't provide for you, then you go back to wisdom, strength, and riches. Like you gotta figure it out on your own. It affects everything. If you think God won't protect you, man, it affects everything because the weight of that fear, it rests on you heavy and it weighs you down and it doesn't allow you to move at the speed and at the pace and at the distance God wants you to. If you think God can't or won't use you, man, it affects everything. Because then you think your life doesn't really matter and you can just come back and just sit back and hide. If you think God controls everything that happens on the earth, (laughs) it affects everything. Because then how do you justify natural disasters, police shootings, whatever else is going, I mean, just name it. But like if you realize that God's not mad at you, he loves you. If you've gotten away from him, he just wants you to come back. If you realize that God is paying attention, he sees it all and he's with you. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He knows every moment of every day because he's there with you. If you know that God can and will heal you, man, there's a peace about that. There's a desire to then move forward and do all that he's asked you to do. If you know that God can and will protect you and can and will provide for you, then man, there is a comfort in knowing that it's not up to you and you don't have to figure everything out. You don't have to work everything out. You don't have to know everything. And if you realize that God actually doesn't control everything that happens, he's not a puppet master up there making us puppets, that he's given us free will, then you know what? Your faith isn't shaken as easily as some Christian's faith is shaken. And we could go on and on and on with this, but how we see God, how well we know God, how well we understand God affects everything in our lives. And we got to get our mind right when it comes to who God is and who he's made us to be and who he is to us. And we got to get to know him better and better and better, whether you don't know him yet or you've known him for a long time. What he says is value and boast in the fact that you know me. So if that's what you value, then that's what's going to keep increasing. That's what you're going to keep going after. That's what you're not going to settle for where you are now, that tomorrow you'll be better than you are today. Next week, you'll know him better than you know him this week. Next year, you'll definitely know him better than you know him this year. I just feel like too many of us Christians, we've been watching the movie of our lives without our 3D glasses on. And if you've ever been to a 3D movie, like I said, sometimes these give me a headache and I got to take them off. And when I take them off, I can still see the movie, but it's a little bit blurry. I still hear everything that's going on, but I don't, I don't get the full effect of it. Like everything is affected when I take these glasses off. I still know what's going on. I still can follow the plot. I still know that that is that person and that is that other person. But man, it's something different when I put these on. It's, it, it comes alive. I see things in more detail. I see them more accurately and more powerfully when I wear these in a 3D movie. And as Christians, we got to put our glasses on. We got to stop looking at our life as it's a regular screen because God has it in 3D. And we got to see through the lens of who God is and see that when that happens, man, maybe you don't know the answers. But you're like Paul, and Paul said, When I don't know what to believe, I know in whom I believe. 
that you know God so well that you trust. I don't know why, but I know who. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen, but, but I know God's got me because you know what? He's gotten me before. And he promises he'll always have me. But as long as we keep those 3D glasses off while we're watching a 3D movie, we'll be able to see. You'll be able, you might be able to pay your bills. You might be able to do some good things. But it won't be what God wants it to be until you start to see God for who he is. Until you start to get to know God for yourself. We got to get our mind right. Get away from this religious, these traditions, this stuff that is frankly not in this word. And we got to get to knowing God for who he is. Amen. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.